0: wake up buyer payer people it's a beautiful day go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to jim and michelle rhodes on the buy here pay here morning show take it away you two
1: good morning from clearwater florida i'm jim rhodes i'm here without my lovely wife michelle she might pop in and join at some point today but uh We've got uh, special guests today. I marked them as guest hosts, but we don't have another guest, so I suppose they're just guests today. We've got uh, Amanda and Hugo Sanchez standing by, and uh, so looking forward to bringing them into the conversation. Just wanted to uh, give a special shout-out to our Wednesday guest on White Hat Wednesday, uh, Jonathan Hargey from Texas join. and if you missed that broadcast, I would definitely recommend you make time to uh, check that out. Uh, that is uh, some really good information about how to uh, connect with the uh, Hispanic market in most any community in the U.S. Some of us think they're not there, but in reality, most of the markets that we visit, there are, are uh, Hispanic customers um, in pretty good count. So uh, be sure and find that episode. Also, want to make sure to re- remind folks to uh, get to BHPH Nation. Check that out. That's uh, something that we you know, we have out there as a, uh, kind of a landing page. Currently you can pre-register we're uh, working on the nation. And so, um, look forward to have a couple of things in mind to talk to, uh, Amanda and Hugo about on that subject, but let me just, uh, bring them in, um, stand by, we'll get Amanda and Hugo in there. So I think I've got you in there now, Amanda and Hugo Sanchez from Houston, Texas. Welcome.
2: Good morning, Jim. Can you hear me? Gotcha. Hey,
1: good morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. Glad to have you guys join in here. We got, uh, I uh, hope you don't mind, Amanda, when I put the the post out there, I called you Amanda bleepity bleep. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've been called worse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. Most people who know you know that uh, you do uh, sometimes um, choose colorful language, which we all appreciate. It's a, It's the way we know and love you.
2: Yes. Yes. It's a, um, I'm just a passionate person is what it um, is.
1: Yeah. Well, and some, some words are more descriptive and appropriate, right? They're just more meaningful.
2: Right. Exactly.
1: Right. So that's kind of why you choose those I'm sure. And we just haven't really spent enough time with Hugo for all I know. Hugo does the same. I just. I nah, know. I'm the, I'm the sensor button of the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. I joke. I don't even have a, a, a bleep button on my side. Yeah. So <laughs> <just,
2: laughs>
1: But yeah, thrilled to have you guys uh stop in. You know, Michelle and I were fortunate enough to have time to stop into your office. That was great to see your place. You got it, such a cool spot in Kingwood, Texas. And uh yeah, it's a great community where you guys are. It's a lot of fun. We really
0: like this area. Um great place to live, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And of course, I know you. Some of our listeners are outside these Facebook groups and might not have had a chance to uh, meet you guys. And before you started, I want to remind our listeners: if you're listening in this morning, please let us know what state you're listening from. I, I see uh, folks are starting to learn that we like to hear that. I got Ohio, uh, Texas, Florida, North Carolina listening so far this morning. So thanks for thanks for that. If you're listening in, please let us know. Uh, kind of where you're hearing us and i want to make sure that folks know because outside these facebook groups there are a couple of private facebook groups for buy here payer here that you know we all uh, most of us spend a lot of time in and so those who are in there know that you know your firm butler sanchez um you really specializes in buy here pay here related finance company accounting you guys are are sure sure experts and really consultants in the space more than more than just cpas is that fair
2: uh yeah i would say that that's that's fair to say
1: yeah we see you guys are are you know clearly going in a direction where we we meet a lot of dealers out there who are using their local cpa we we hear and we're not trying to we always tell them look we're not we're not cpas and we're not attorneys you know when michelle and i travel and do our consulting thing we're we're operations specialist but having owned a dealership myself and and which included related finance company years ago i have some understanding of the accounting and i hear dealers talking about some of the things that they do and i you know i'm i'm not trying to be their cpa or it, but i have to say you you probably want to talk to your cpa on that or talk, find another cpa cuz i'm not sure that what you're doing is right when in fact i am sure
2: <laughs> right right
1: right we in fact a quick example would be uh, you know we we meet a lot of dealers who are doing loss reserves on their account and thinking that that replaces an RFC. So that's one example. You guys probably run into that too, right?
2: Yes, I see that quite a bit too. Um, um, e- yeah, I, I'm actually just taking a client on who's 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 doing that right now or whose CPA was doing that. And um, I want to say it's about a, a six hundred thousand dollars adjustment that we're having to make to his tax returns. Mm. Um, yes. And of course, I've seen people carrying a larger reserve and thinking it's deductible. And yeah. Um, yeah, we see those kinds of things all the time.
1: Yeah. And that's unfortunate because like I say, those things can be expensive. We talk about on their operational side that there are mistakes that new people can make in this space on the operational side that can be very costly. And certainly on the accounting, it's like, wow, we just, we, we see them, uh, you know, make some pretty critical mistakes and, and software regrettably doesn't help us as much as we'd like in some of these areas. And so we, we watch that and say, you know, it's a, an opportunity for us to, you know, find, we, we just need to find an expert. I mean, and, and you guys are among the people who know this space, you know, that RFC thing frontwards and backwards. So we know that it's important to get, you know, a specialist involved uh, you know, s- sooner than later, just because they're, they're just, th- we don't want to have to have those conversations with an auditor, you know, and and have to write a big check. So uh, I think that's an important thing for people to understand. Why don't you guys tell me, Amanda, did you start the, the Facebook group, the boardroom? I know you started that. You want to share a little bit about how that came to be?
2: Um, yeah, so it's a, um, you know, and Jim, you know me, so you'll know what I mean when I'm saying that, um, you know, I initially started the group because I wanted to be able to reach those dealers who, who maybe aren't with an industry CPA yet or, or, you know, are just starting out and don't know the complexity of buyer, payer, accounting and tax rules. Um, I wanted to find a way to reach them. Um, before they come to me and tell me that they've got a million dollar tax problem, right? I, I thought, mm-hmm. man, let me get, let me try to get ahead of this issue and, and prepare people and just put the information out there. I'm having these calls every day with people. I have the same conversation with dealers every day. Might as well uh, do it in front of a camera and, and post it and put the information out there and reach more people.
0: And that's how kind of Wisdom Wednesdays within the group came to be and, and the content uh, that, that was created for it is it was just, Hey, what are the phone calls we're having over and over? What are the questions that we're answering over and over? You know, what are the topics we're covering?
1: Um, and that's just kind of how the wisdom Wednesday's video started, um, for the group. Yeah. And you guys have been very generous in that. We see a lot of great stuff over there, which I got to say, um, I know Hugo, you recently appeared on the independent dealer podcast with Luke and Jeff, and I would invite our listeners to find their way to that episode i bet if you just looked up hugo sanchez in the uh, in their uh podcast track that you'd find that one. you guys talked about some really important things over on that episode as well so we just know there's just a ton of stuff and you guys are so good about um sharing we also know you're super busy because there's a lot of dealers out there you know needing help you guys just wrapped up your your extension deadline yesterday right that's correct we got one
0: more october 17th for personal returns but yesterday was a big day for us
1: so october 18th you'll be in the bahamas or is that the idea
0: <laughs> i'll actually be flying i i will be in the bahamas and i'm flying home on the 17th so what? all returns all returns have to get done by october 13th in our office <laughs>
1: nice. i just always <laughs> thought of most of the cpas i've worked with over the years they try to vacation after those deadlines because yeah no. yeah i'm
0: going right before the deadline for a wedding so it just yeah. it just happened to fall that way
1: Oh wow. So it's total, total random joke. And then that's actually where you're going. So <laughs> yep. Yeah. So um, you know, I and that brings up I know that dealers out there need help, but I Michelle and I are so frustrated that we haven't had any clients reach out to us from Hawaii. Do you guys <laughs> have any clients? Don't you feel like and I don't see I see Brett Buick. Good morning, Brett, from California this morning. He's at the LHPH conference. Wish I could be there with you guys, but I don't see Hawaii chiming in. And I feel like don't you, Hawaii's got to need some accounting help.
2: Yeah, they do. They do. You know, we're, we're in addition to, to buy here, pay here. We dabble in a couple other industries such as things that our friends are doing. Um, So Hugo's best friend is a hairstylist. He and his wife both and they own a salon in Maui. And so, Um, We have to go visit those clients every now and then. Oh, yeah, Um, of
1: course. Yeah, some of that stuff is just best done on site.
2: Exactly. They're very high maintenance clients. They require a lot of our attention. And, you know,
1: they never pay their
0: invoices, though.
1: Oh, 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 that's unfortunate. Well, you could, I surely can write that off somehow
2: <laughs>
1: getting there, but yeah, so we just, that's, that's fun. I jokingly have also told clients when they reach out to us from Minnesota. Yeah, we're happy to come visit. Um, We need to schedule that between June and August, you know, <laughs> the same deal. So let's talk a little bit more about the, um this matter of accounting for buy here, pay here. And, and keep in mind, I'm doing a lot of work on my side with these DMS providers and I'm not going to name any names, but I got to tell you, I was on a client meeting yesterday, virtual meeting with a client and we were digging in cause we're setting up their performance reports. And we determined that the software simply did not generate all the numbers that we would need to reconcile their principle. And so just to be clear, I'm when I'm talking about principal, what I'm doing on my side from an operational standpoint is we're trying to identify an opening balance for principal on a given range of time. Typically, we're looking at that number on a monthly basis. So I'm going to take you through this. We'll break this down a little bit because I think our listeners need to really understand the importance of what's happening here. I just want to see what was the opening principal balance on the what I call the primary portfolio. Some DMS providers call it that. like whatever the buy here, pay here portfolio of principal right. balance and active contracts. Right. And then I want to add in across a range, new principal added from new contracts. I want to subtract the principal that was charged off the principal that was collected. And sometimes there's a write down category that's separate from, you know, uh, charge offs. And so I'm really just trying to opening balance, add the new stuff, subtract, you know, what's left the portfolio on principle. And I want to have that balance pretty closely. Right. Ideally, I should balance to the penny. I mean, that's a really important number that, and for, for my standpoint, from an operational standpoint, the reason I want to see that is because we're using that for performance reports to do what I call conversion rates, which is the rate at which the portfolio converts principal to cash. Of course, we're looking at the other numbers, interest and fees and this and that that also comes in. But first I'm just trying to make sure. And for me, The reason I need that is I just want to make sure that the report that I'm sending to the client's pretty accurate. You guys need accurate numbers from an accounting standpoint, but I'm just, I'm a little irritated. You know, a couple of years ago, I recorded some videos out there and and got attention from people just saying, I'm a little frustrated with the DMS providers that they don't take better care of our dealers out there. I'm just trying to be a voice for dealers and say, we got to get better on the DMS side, getting these dollars balanced out. You guys run into that?
2: Yeah. And I think part of it is, so, um, you know, I, I, I do uh, uh, a receivables roll forward every engagement that I work on, every period of financial statements that I do um, for the same reason. I want to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm relying heavily on the DMS to tell me what's what. So I want to make sure that, you know, from a big picture standpoint, the reports that I have, what I'm looking at makes sense. Um, but yeah. I think a lot of the the trouble is that not every dealer does things the same way. So. There are times when I see principal, but it includes, you know, CPI or I see principal and it's net of the discount, the intercompany discount between, you know, the dealership and finance company. Um, There are also times when you see, you know, a repo ACV applied as a principal payment. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you're, you know, if you're, if you're reducing in your role forward, if you're reducing the balance for your principal charge offs and your principal collections, you might double dip on that repo ACV. And so I think that that's part of the the challenge that every dealer does things a little bit differently. And, you know, this isn't like a, it's kind of like a, I tell people, um, if you're thinking about a, a retail dealer and you think about the transactions that happen with their receivables, you know, they originate a deal Um, They book a contract in transit and then it gets funded and then it's over. That's it. Uh, With buy your pay here, it's a lot more complicated. We're booking a receivable. We're going to take payments on it over 48 months, et cetera. Um, It's going to earn interest that whole time. Um, We might have some repossessions come in. We're going to sell it to our finance company at a discount and amortize that discount. You know, there's a whole lot more going on with the buy here, pay here transaction. And I think that's also one of the reasons it makes the accounting integrations and things like that very complicated. It's just so high volume, um, high volume transactions in there. And so, yeah, we run into that quite a bit. And um, you know, it's always one of the first things I do when I work on uh, somebody is uh, a new client is I try to figure out, okay, what does principal really mean on this report? How are they booking this? How are they booking that? Um, And I have to do that before I can even um, mess with their accounting, Um, just figure out kind of the way that they're using their DMS.
1: Yeah. So, you know, when I set out to do that with a new client, we're trying on a monthly basis. I'm trying to just get, I can't obviously, just like you guys, can't avoid or can't justify cranking out a lot of time, you know, chasing after small numbers. And so I'm I'm targeting plus or minus one percent. But you know, one percent on a twenty million dollar portfolio is a big number. So to leave yeah, that it is. unidentified it is. is 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 just unfortunate. And like I say, it just strikes me as it's it's my primary asset. If I'm a dealer, that's my primary asset in my business. My my you know the the receivables that sit on my balance sheet for most of our dealers that's the biggest number. And so and we're doing it probably like you guys are asked to do it. You probably do some consolidated financial statements. We're doing yes. it, our performance reports typically on a global basis. We're just kind of bringing the the dealership and the, the RFC together, and we're just looking at right. how because we're just looking at portfolio performance primarily and cash flow. So we're just trying to see okay, how's the business performing? How's that portfolio that's so important? How's it performing? How's it con- doing in terms of converting to cash? And so we watch those numbers and we chart them, you know, for our clients month over month. And so I just, it just frustrates me that, that that's so difficult. And I've asked, like, if I'm a DMS provider, that should be a simple report to, you know, run that thing for the month of August. And it gives me the opening balance and all those, the movement, you know, I call it principal activity. It's the, you know, principal moving in and out of that portfolio. And there's the closing balance and there's all the numbers. So it just, it just, it baffles me that, you know, a business like ours, that we don't have that kind of solution. And I'm going to, I hope they'll reach out. I mean, I think you would be happy to help. I would be happy to help. There are others who would be happy to help sort that out. And I just, I feel like if, if they were, um, you know, spend enough time in dealerships and in, enough time in, you know, this business, um, inside the, the operational side of it, they would, uh, recognize that this is, this is something that's really needed, and it's kind of, to me, is the first, it's the first thing that I'd be looking for in a DMS, and so uh, we're also hearing some horror stories out there, and again, we won't name names about providers, but I would just ask our listeners that if you're on a DMS, a little birdie recently told me that some DMS providers, if you should make the decision to move from one provider to another, that you're, Current provider where your data resides is not releasing transactional history on your yes, customers. I've,
2: he- I've heard that too. I've run into that as well. Yeah.
1: And so I just think I won't name the name. I'm just saying if you're a dealer, you might want to be asking that question of your DMS provider right now before. And even though you don't plan to make, make a move, you know, it's kind of been in my experience. And I've been around this business now for 20 years. And when I first started, uh, 22 years ago, I was working with a consulting training company that was also a, a you know a dms provider back in those days they were just starting from the <laughs> move from dos to, to windows so that's how old i am but the um the basically back then you know we had that um we had it's been my observation watching the dms providers that pretty much there's been a understanding that you know that they'll they'll migrate you know i'm hearing some that uh do charge and it's in the language. I'm sure when they sign up, it says if you do migrate away that you might pay a fee. And so, you know, if it's in the contract and we can make that judgment going in, that's one thing. But to withhold data when we're trying to make a switch because we're not happy with the product or we've outgrown it, that's that to me is is crossing a line. And so I think we just ask our dealers out there, ask your DMS provider if I should make a move you know where does this data go and so how much of the data is is mine to move and uh, so that's uh, that's problematic and kind of a whole different tangent but it's just
2: right right it's, it's
1: it's something that affects me and you and your clients and my clients it's just something that we want to be watchful of and
2: right and to add to that i would encourage dealers to you know to talk to other dealers and share those horror stories i think it's you know i see this from dms providers um, which is, you know, catastrophic when you can't get that data. I see the mm-hmm. same thing happening. Um, there are some CPAs who don't want to give up um, um, the prior year information or want to be very, make a transition very difficult. Um, mm-hmm. I see it with uh, reinsurance providers and um, lenders. And, you know, I, I, I see this uh, often where, mm-hmm. you know, they make it instead of coming together to work with other um, vendors in the industry to make things better for dealers. They want to make it a very difficult um, to, to transition. Um, they want to make it as hard as possible to transition. And it's, you know, to me, it's kind of embarrassing. If I think like, man, imagine if that's what you have keeping your client with you is that you've got their data hostage. Right. Um, um, imagine if that's what you had to do to keep clients interested in you. I mean, I think that it's embarrassing and it's shameful and um, I would encourage dealers to, to, uh, to share. And while, while I won't name names either, I would recommend dealers talk to each other and share that information Uh, because it really is a, you know, I'm trying not to get colorful here, but it really is a pain in the bleach
1: (laughs) when you run into
2: a situation like that. Yeah. And it's just harmful it, to the dealer, right? It's, what favor does the vendor think they're doing the dealer when they treat them like that? You know, it's right. a bad look.
1: Yeah. And if only we had a format where we could go live and talk about those kind of things and start <laughs> to spread the word amongst dealers, wouldn't that be helpful?
2: <laughs> right. Right. right maybe, yeah. maybe like a, a, a one place everybody could go to share information and, and rate vendors and,
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. Now, she's obviously uh, putting in a little pre-plug for what we're doing on the BHBH Institute because one of the things that we're doing there is we're creating a curated dealer only discussion group. And so what I mean by curated is we're going to, we're going to actually vet the dealers and make sure that the people that are in that conversation are in fact dealer principals. And so that let us us talk freely about some of these kind of things where, you know, it's challenging to obviously in a, in a Facebook group to talk about things like pay plans and maybe even DMS providers or, you know, other providers to, to be able to talk. So we just want to create an environment where dealers can speak freely, but I was mostly referring to like a, a live morning broadcast where we could reach out <laughs> to dealers, yeah. you know, that I feel like would be helpful to spread the word to dealers that, that you know, and again, I, I don't mean to come to any of this, um, except from a spirit of cooperation in the interest of, you know, having the dealer's benefit. We're just trying to, right. use our right. voice to, try to you know, spread the message and, um, and try to solve some of these things. And I, I totally am trying to bring up spirit of cooperation to this. If they would call, I'd be happy to try to help, you know, specify the kind of reports that I think are beneficial to dealers. They just don't call me that's, I don't hear from them. And so I could, you know, and some of this is obviously for our benefit because we're trying to make sure that we can capture the the essential numbers, but I have to believe if in fact I can succeed in getting, uh, the DMS providers to create this simple report, then it's got to benefit you guys on the accounting side of what you're doing as well.
2: Oh, for sure. For sure. And I think, um, you know, I've reached out to, to a few of the DMS providers, um, on some of those things and th- yeah there are certain ones who are much uh more um uh open to discussion than than others you know there are some where buy her pay here is just kind of a like a, a almost like a side thing mm-hmm. that they do and others where buy her pay here is their bread and butter and so i think you know there's more benefit working with those who's you know have buy her pay here as their bread and butter when yeah. we're trying to to get certain things built, but, um, um, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think that, um, there is a lot of room for improvement and I think that, um, yeah, it really just depends on which DMS provider you're with, how open they are to, you know, working through those things.
1: Absolutely. So i got a couple more things I, I hope we can get, uh, kind of discussed before we wrap up here. One is that the I look forward to working with you guys and your firm and anybody else out there who wants to, uh, you know, contribute to this conversation around, I'm working all the time to try to get the work that I do from an operational standpoint and this work that we do on performance reports, I I'm trying to get that to intersect with the financials that, you know, a a firm like you might produce so that you know, I find that it's, it's challenging. You guys, you can do this stuff in your sleep, but the typical dealer, especially new dealers, it's, it's challenging for them to understand their financials in a way that they can look at that and really understand what's happening in their business. And right, work. right. so it's, so I, I look forward to continue because there always seems to be some level of disconnect. We work with folks like you, but I got to say, even as a former dealer who I jokingly have said I learned more doggone finance company accounting than I ever wanted to know when I was a dealer and, it, but I got the hang of it and I learned how to get the right stuff from the software, but I still found it challenging sometimes to make the connection between what I was seeing in the financials because I, I jokingly say would say, and I still kind of share this with dealers. Like, you know, at the end of the day, those financials, that P and L report is really in a way is meant to help the IRS know how much tax io. Yes. What, what kind of check I need to write to the treasury. So, correct. That's, Absolutely. that's needed for that purpose, but it doesn't always help me to know how my business is really performing because obviously in buy here pay here we have this whole, you know, profit is forthcoming and we're taxed on profit that's un, yet uncollected and so I think there's always this challenge of trying to figure out okay, how can I read my financials and know exactly you know, how my business is doing. And I know you guys do a lot of work on that. We're over here trying to help, you know, dealers connect the the operational reports to to that and they can see their portfolio performance. And obviously from our standpoint, we focus a lot on cash flow and but we can't ignore the profitability because it it hits our cash flow, you know, just like the Right, of course, of better. course yeah, I got a large adjustment they're making on their financials and that's obviously going to have a huge cash impact. And so, yeah, we, we see that as well. And so I just think it's, it's one of the things that we want to be watchful of. And then I know this is a whole separate subject and I, I know it's been a big subject on uh, Facebook after we had a dealer and I won't mention names, but they, they were very generous in sharing about how, um, they discovered, I think with your help, um, uh, an internal theft or embezzlement problem. And and we don't want to get into specifics because I think like, like you guys, I don't like to share anything specifically about how employees steal because we don't want to, you know, educate the next employee, you know, who would be, uh, you know, an opportunistic um, uh, thief in some of those situations. But, but because that happens, like in some of the stuff we're talking about reconciling principle and reconciling some of these things that we just see that there's, there's, there's mismanagement. Sometimes, sometimes it's just simple mismanagement that shows up and working through these things. But obviously, sometimes it's outright theft and embezzlement. So obviously, you guys are seeing some of that, right?
2: Yeah, and, and actually, we see, we see that all the time. Um, the reality is, and, and I hate to say it, this was kind of a culture shock for me whenever I I you know came into when I started my career, but the reality is that when there's an opportunity, most people are going to take it.
1: Um,
2: and, and I mean, I, the first time I, you know, I saw a fraud, I was, you know, shocked. Oh, I can't believe this person did that. The next time I was shocked. And then by that third time, I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I, you know, what they said in school is true that that were the opportunities there. Um, they're going to take it. And then with buy here, pay here, it's, it's even, you know, this is just a high, you know, we handle a lot of cash, we have significant receivables that the employees are touching in the DMS, we've got significant inventory that employees have access to. And so, you know, the risk for for fraud is even heightened, because we have so many high risk factors there. And so yeah, it's, right. it's, it's, it's very common. And I would I would say that, um, I, I would even go so far to say that if there is an opportunity there, you, your employees are stealing from you. Uh, okay. If there's an empl- if there's an opportunity for them to steal, it's happening. Um, and yeah. so it is, it is very common. I think dealers don't, um, maybe don't realize how common it is. Um, and so that's kind of one of the, you know, when I, when I talk to somebody about these internal controls, I have a little you know, guidelines, Hey, you know, are you doing this? Are you doing this? Who does what? Um, and just them filling out that, that kind of checklist, I immediately, you know, all right, here's what we need to look at and here's what we need to change. Um, and so it's, it's, yeah, it it is disheartening and I hate to, I hate to say it like that because it is a little bit depressing, but it is the reality that, you know, where there's cash, there's theft.
1: Yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, by the way, I can make sure that, people know we've seen theft that's not cash. Like, and and, and I have also seen dealers say, well, I, you know, I, I balance my books, you know, r- routinely. But some of the theft that we've seen, the books would still balance. Correct. And so, correct. And most of the theft
2: I see, the books still balance.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, at the end of the day, I always say we, we hire people that are bright, but we also end up with people who they have pressures and stresses in their life. And sometimes when there's an opportunity to, you know grab some some funds and and relieve some of their own personal stress they're they're going to take advantage and so that's just a reality so we have to plug those holes and so I know you guys are out there working that just it. like we are we just we see too much of it and we're we're always trying to take measures to help our our dealers protect themselves from you know, some of those things. So I know you guys are, are fighting that fight as well. So um, we probably should wrap up. We're, we're uh, we could obviously talk about this stuff all day. I'm, I'm grateful for you guys making time. I put on the screen there, you can find uh, Butler and Sanchez LLC in Kingwood, Texas. Their, your domain is on the screen there, butler-sanchez.com. Is that right? That's right. You can find you. I'm just going to tell you right now, you reach out to um, Amanda and Hugo. They're very busy. Um, they're, they're, they're probably going to have a hard time fitting in very many new clients, but I know they're just, they're, they're kind of suffering growing pains like, uh, uh, Michelle and I are with growing our company. And so, uh, they're going to do the best they can to take care of folks. And so you just, um, you reach out to them there. And, and again, I appreciate you guys making time to join and we'll just keep, uh, spreading the word on behalf of dealers and see what we can do to get these DMS providers to help us out a little bit.
2: Right, right. And I'll say too that, um, you know, reach out even if we're not able to take on, you know, too many clients, uh, too many additional clients. I have a lot of um, I, I know all of the industry CPAs and all of the folks who are good at buy your pay here. And um, I'm, I'm pretty good at helping dealers find the right fit for them if it isn't me.
1: Yes. Um, so
2: reach out and um, and I can help anybody out on that front.
1: That's great. I know you do that. We do the same. I know you refer people. And I, I got to say, Amanda, as a consultant, she is somebody who, even if they can't do your books and you want to bring her in as a consultant advisor, Hugo, same. You guys, uh, if you need help, some want another set of eyes on your books, she's one of the quickest I know to look through financials and, and like I say, Hugo as well, to, to be able to spot a problem. So So just if she can't uh take on the the actual accounting. They may be able to serve as a consultant advisor for you as well. So again, Amanda Hugo, thank you so much for uh tuning in. I'm gonna wrap it up here and um so I'm gonna remove you guys from the broadcast and we'll say goodbye to our listeners and I'll uh, and then we'll check in again with you soon.
2: Thank you, Jim.
1: Thanks for having us. You bet, of course. So again, thanks for listening in. Michelle didn't uh get the chance to join us today. She's uh traveling and um off to uh, a uh, little uh, family time, and so uh, we'll have her back uh, soon. But in the meantime, uh, thanks to our our guests, and as I said, you can find I know Amanda's got an article, which I believe you can find if you're not a member of the BHPH Boardroom Success or a, There's BHP Success Group. There's the BHPH Boardroom, which are both uh, buy here, payer specific um, private groups on Facebook. So if you're hearing us over on LinkedIn or YouTube, and you're not a part of uh, those groups, you might want to get in there. There's a lot of wonderful discussion, um, you know, that happens over there. So we would definitely invite you to uh, find time to get in there. And uh, so in the meantime, thanks for joining us. Uh, We'll be back Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern.